All right, well, we're, I got to take a breath for a second. Too much going on today. We are here for another episode of Losing My Opinion. I'm Thomas Irwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion Oh, I messed it up already. My, my name is Matt. My name is... What, what's my name? You know your name. Matt Longo. Of of Thin Lear, thin of Lear Thin Lear fame. fame, I'll say. And I'm Thomas Irwin. I'm wearing an undershirt today. Uh, we're looking at each other, and I feel instantly unprofessional wearing this now. I'm sorry you have to look at this. It's no design on it or anything. No, it's very plain. Did you buy it at a convenience store? I don't remember where I got it, and it's turning kind of yellow overall. Ooh, all right, so, now we're on the road to TMI there. I am Thomas yeah. Irwin uh, of Niagara Moon. We are two Fame. wonderful musicians, better than anybody, any, any of the chumps we talk about on these these episodes. But hundred uh, percent, we yeah. want to talk about the people you know, if we can help it. But uh, Matt, you got you got a real uh, something for me today. I, I don't know what you're going to introduce me to, but you said you were uh, you, you had a lot to some, say. I, on it. Yeah, I have something that's kind of rough today. One thing I will say though is I, I don't typically um, bring in the negative ones, or I haven't yet. Uh, and then I was thinking, as I was working on w- what we're about to talk about today, I was thinking people are really going to trash us. I think the fans of <laughs> the fans of these artists are going to because we are very open. You know, we we have our music on social media, so we might be like, "Oh, this band is terrible." Yeah. And then I think the fans of that band would be like, "Well, actually, you're terrible." So I just sort of foresee that happening. As all good social media interactions go. Okay. So what I have for you today is is something that when I show it to people. They asked me, why did you show me this? Mm. Uh, like, it usually makes them very upset. Uh, and I, I can't say why, but it actually leads into my argument uh, for today on mm. losing my opinion. Now, uh, when you show this to people, do you usually have a big fat grin on your face? Or is it more like no, I'm, uh, is it more like the ring where they need to hear it so the, the curse can move on? You know, Thomas, that's... A really great way of looking at this, what I'm about to show you, because oh, it, no. it's a little bit of both. Like part of it is, you know, we, we all know there are songs that are so bad that you wish you'd never heard them. But I don't feel that way about this song and this dude's music in general. Mm. I'm going to argue today that when a song infuriates you to such a degree that you're like confused at how upset it's, it's making you mm-hmm. and, and elevating your heart rate, that there's actually something worth investigating there all right i can see that i think that's so, what this podcast is is all about sometimes right yes yeah gotta yeah. make sense so my argument today is about a song called good time which is uh all in caps by the way because that what's more fun than um all caps good time uh, I, exactly and i think it should be said like that uh i know for a fact that you've never heard this before okay um, okay you know, I think the appropriate reaction is, why are you showing me this? And that's usually what I get from friends and, and family. And, you know, you brought up the ring and like sort of spreading a virus. And that's exactly how I feel. Like there's something perverse in me when I show it to people I care about because I know it's going to get stuck in their head and it's going to upset them. Oh, uh, but, but my argument today is about the value of music in your life, that a song doesn't have to be quote unquote good or quote-unquote listenable in order <laughs> to in order value. to add value right exactly my argument is we have a lot to learn yeah. from good time okay it's a fantastic platform through which we can dissect a whole bunch of issues mm-hmm. uh though you will likely hate it um i get more out of this song than like a random song off an album i really like uh, i've thought about this song more than some songs i i do really enjoy and and maybe I think about this more than some songs I really love. So it's like, what is the value of it then? We're going deep. It's like a commercial jingle. Sure. Yeah. This, I think, is, I mean, those are just like, you know, earworm, like insidious kind of Designed in a lab kind of things, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is Uh also may have been designed in a lab. Okay. So 
let me give you some background. All right. I, I love it. I love that I'm talking about this, by the You're way. You're really like, teeing me up for something here. I'm getting nervous. <laughs> we started, I feel like we started this whole podcast just so I could talk to you about this guy and his music. Uh, so I'm not really into social media too much. There are two people that I follow on Instagram mm. uh, that give me a lot of joy and are, are probably the only reasons that I would maybe still use the platform, even if I didn't make music. Mm. Uh, one dude is called Liver King. And he looks like he eats bowls of steroids uh, for breakfast. And he talks about ancestral living. He eats raw liver. He pulls things with his teeth. Uh, it's just great. It's just great content. You know, like I almost want to shut the computer and start watching it right now. Liver King. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that there's no need to investigate that one. We know why that uh, brings joy to everyone. Um, but the other is a guy named Nico Moon. So I follow this guy on Instagram. I can't explain how much I love the account. Like Nico has been around for a while. He started off, he was a a songwriter for the stars in country music. Uh, He was writing for artists that really have a bad rep, you know, like Rascal Flatts, Morgan Wallen, uh, artists of that nature who were sort of like, you know, we were talking the other week about crap. (laughs) Might as well be saying Ray Donk. (laughs) Maybe Ray Donovan. It's, it's probably maybe for the best that you don't know. Okay, uh, those are. I'm getting we the were, picture so far. Yeah, yeah. So you will. You believe me. Uh, we were talking about Chris Christopherson and Dolly Parton a few weeks ago, oh, trying yeah. to undo like what modern country has done to the genre itself. Yeah, and uh, Nico is one of those fellas who, even before he hit it with his solo career, he was feeding that beast mm. that makes country what it is today behind the scenes. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm going to give you a little preview. This is the first, this is not the song we're going to be investigating today, but this is the first tune that I ever heard from him. And it's a great introduction to like what the sound is. Okay. So if you go into that first link. I'm breaking out in a sweat here. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> You're going to hate this. Small town state of mind. Again, with the all caps. Yeah. yeah well, that's his, 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 his thing. But we'll go, we'll go into why. And, all right, yeah. All right. Are you ready? Is pick you up if you need a ride, pull you out with a four wheel drive. It's how's your mama neck tattoo? It's got a neck tat. Is a two lane everywhere you go. Meet up at the Texaco. It's come on, sit down, make yourself at home. Just laying it back, catching a buzz. It's a simple life, and I just can't get. Talking about. Right here, this, this is good. I'm trying to decipher his smile. Okay, so that's a good place to stop right. that. Not, not uh, bad. You're going to say not bad on that? I would never listen to it, but for what it is and what it's trying to do, it's very competent. I was expecting something... I guess you said he's he's like an industry guy. I was expecting something a little rougher around the edges. I his smile's creeping me out though. He's got like a Chris Pontius like jackass look going on somehow. It's it's unnerving. He has a is a fantastic smile, and I and it's really it's it's it sits at the heart of his aesthetic. Um, you know his his logo actually is that smile with the hat. Oh boy! Like if you buy a shirt or whatever, like it has his smile on it, like done as a cartoon character, almost like the Nirvana. Uh, smiley face like that kind of thing but like it's his face uh so you could he looks like he'd show up in the hangover <laughs> yeah he's got so he's like an impish sort of yeah. mischievous grin um so speaking of steroids we were talking about that before mm-hmm. he sort of takes that that what country music is has become and he, he he's has now pushed it into the great beyond mm. uh so he's got like a lot of fun tats He's got that grin. I don't think he ever stops smiling. I mean, it seems like his <laughs> face hurts at the end of a day. Uh, uh, he's like he, he's like the Duff beer guy from The Simpsons. Like he has one <laughs> setting and it's just like party mode. Um, he literally has a song called No Sad Songs. Uh, and all of his shit is capitalized, by the way, to make it more fun. Yeah. Uh, fun, and I wanna, yeah. Right, right, because it's fun to, it's like a, you know, it's big. Uh, he came out, like he started to really hit it so, in his solo career. It was like mid-pandemic. So this was like summer 
of 2020 that this was starting to mm. be popular or when it came out on my, you know, it was on my feed and I, and I clicked on it and, you know, fell, <laughs> fell in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like almost inflammatory to be as like relentlessly, stupidly optimistic and, and fun loving and party going yeah. as he was in all his content at that point. Uh, like it's almost like he's angry about emotions <laughs> that aren't sunny. Uh, yeah, there is a he, like if you needed to have a at least a cult member, if not a cult leader, you know, cast in a uh, Netflix series or whatever. He's got a quality about him that's very like you're in my world now. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. He's he's having an effect on me of some kind here. I can't. I, I so I watch his stuff like. You know, when he puts it out, I'll, I'll watch it. And my wife will be like, why do you keep watching that shit? Like, what? it's so bad. Like, what? Do you, and I just, I, I can't explain it. Like, I just love it. Um, you know, he just, he got his, he got his hooks in. Uh, it's like, it's almost like watching Fox News to get angry or something. Like, it, there, there's just mm. something that is attractive about something that, um, like, empty you know that like like something that has this, this veneer is so shiny. Yeah. It's like looking at the sun. <laughs> uh, see, you're a you're a New York guy. You're a Northeast city guy. Uh, you got a lot of responsibilities. You know, is is this a release? You get to see this guy, and he's. Do you want the small town state of mind? Is this like escapism for you? You just want to be a simple country guy at the end of the day. Maybe there's part of me that wants to be. This kind, this brand of jackassery, uh, you know, not to say that I'm smarter than this dude because he obviously knows, he knows what, what he's doing. doing. I, I hear confidence. He really knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think that he's dumb. I just I think that he is pandering to a specific element of America, uh, and it's and it's complicated. And I want to talk about that. So the the song we're going to examine today is called "Good Time." All Again, right. it's yep. all all caps, right? Of course. So this track has it all, uh, and it's the shining example of his aesthetic. This is his "What's Going On" like a Rolling Stone. This this is his his th- <laughs> this right. is his thesis statement. Gotcha. Um, so let's load that up. Let's pivot to that. This this is a song that he um, kind of like he, he rose to fame on on this one. All right. See, so he has forty seven million views. Like he's doing pretty good. Um, and this came out, I think this came out like pre-pandemic, but really it, it hit, 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 hit along with the rest of his career, like mid-pandemic. So we're talking, again, keep thinking about some, summer of 2020, this man is prancing around in these videos doing this at that time. Oh, boy. Okay? All right, so here we go. Yeah, got the muscle car. Trying to catch a good time, even if it takes all night. Pass that bottle around the campfire Sipping apple pie moonshine Yeah, we picking on them guitars Just right Everybody So he's got trap and country right. going at the same time This man's cracked the code He has cracked the code When that moon comes up You know it's going down Are you feeling this? I'm feeling it. I like his voice. Like, non-ironically, I think I do like the quality of his voice. Mm. But maybe not how he's using it. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Smooth. Sipping apple pie. He's, he's a less hateable Kid Rock. So far. He's like Kid Rock. Um, he's not unlike, you know, and I'm definitely going to get some hate for this, but he's not outside of the realm of like a John Cougar Mellencamp. Like, mm, yeah, I know you, I'm, Mellencamp has probably got, you know, some more depth than this. Probably. But, um, you know, is this that far from ROCK in the USA? Like, probably not. Uh, the one thing that he does do, like he... I mean, for starters, we got to talk about the the genre thing, the mono genre that he's doing. Like, so the the track made me furious when I heard it. 
Uh, and I was like, why does it make me so angry? Like, you know, it's not my vibe. It's not my style. It's not what I would typically listen to. But like, why is it? Why yeah. did it infuriate me in the summer of 2020? Like all great art, it's evoking a very strong reaction from you. It is. It is. So this is like, you know, July of 2020. You have this dude who's just like relentlessly frames himself as a party guy. Like he just wants to have fun. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's around like the campfire. intense. <laughs> right. And this is through the pandemic. This guy's doing this. Uh, and I don't think it's, it's not lost on you, certainly, that you have this artist bringing in these production techniques brought over from like a really conver- commercialized version of trap music. And he's like sort of rapping and it's over country music about uh, country elements about small time life and just like general countrified terminology. Uh, this was like summer of George Floyd and this guy's doing this and with like a greater visibility and platform than he'd ever had previously. Mm. Uh, and, and at that time, cause he didn't do this himself he has, he's, he has a big label behind him. The musical machinery was like, yeah, this is the voice we want to raise up right now. Let's elevate this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was what got to me. <laughs> uh, and what initially made me like listen to it a bunch and kind of like hate listen to it. Because it was like, I can't believe this is like so visible right now. Like this is insulting. All the shit going on, you know, you brought up Marvin Gaye. 1971 was certainly a time of turmoil in our great nation, and you had Marvin Gaye asking, what's going on? And uh, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy Me, you know, the ecology, asking all these deep questions about the world and himself. And we've gone from what's going on to shut up mm-hmm. and have a good time. <laughs> that's, that's what we need now. Turn your brain off. Yeah, we, well, what's not going on? This is, <laughs> is what's not going on. Like, he's, he's basically, like, if you have artists who are, like, pointing their finger as something you should be looking at in society, mm-hmm. he is pointing in the opposite direction. Not that you need to only write political music. You know, I don't think either of us yeah, are yeah. doing that, but like there's a difference between, um, you know, writing what's going on and then writing relentlessly uh, optimistic music, you know, where there's this, this really shiny, it's like a, yeah. a shiny fortress. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is, it, it is, uh, upsetting how optimistic it was and at the time it was released uh you know and you might say before i made out to be like captain party pooper like yeah i know there are whole genres of music designed for fun right like not every artist and style of music has to be yeah. introspective Easy listening, or made to background, be you know, reflective of time genre exercise yeah all right here i'm catching exactly. up a little bit to your point because i'm imagining myself having to listen to this every day or see this every day even if it was just once and I'd be ready to chop down my whole apartment with an uh-huh. axe by the end of it. You know, I could see that starting <laughs> to creep up on right. me. Yeah. And we were stuck in an apartment. Yes. Uh, there's a difference, right, between fun and, and, and what's fun and willful, relentless, effort-filled, cheerful banality. Like, this looks like hard work. It doesn't look yeah, like it's no, tossed off. a lot off. of production value on um, the video, on the music. Ton of production value. And it's like the, yeah. it's the machinery is behind it. It's not just like some some yeah, artist yeah. making stuff in his backyard. Like there's, there's a whole uh, yeah. there's a whole team that's involved yeah. in getting this out uh, to get it out and to market it too. Uh, and th- that was something that was sort of enraging at that point. And and the more of it they made, the more <laughs> I watched. And it was like a Fox News thing where it was like I'm going to go to this rage well uh, when I feel like just it. Just a negative feedback loop. Exactly. Yeah. And his Instagram account is just like the living, breathing version of this song. Like his whole packaging, yeah. the way he puts himself across. Uh, and it seems like it takes such yeah. great effort. Like there are days where he seems so exhausted. Uh, you know, his voice is shot. He just play, he played a show. And, and then he does this, his post with that grin that you were talking about. And he looks like, almost like he's in pain. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, a sight to behold, and and I think that it's it's worth uh, investing some time just to go to the account and see see how you feel about it. Yeah, uh, it's really a Rorschach test for your own <laughs> makeup, huh? It is. I mean, to soften my language a bit because I feel like I'm being like kind of an asshole. Uh, <laughs> it it does. It it seems like he's having fun some of the time. Like I I think he's making money. He's making Which, money. These are dark times, Mr. Matt. If this is what it takes to make money as an entertainer, sure. you, 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 you hustle. You and know? He, he does seem like a really nice guy. Um, so, all, you know, all the Nico Moon fans out there, like, just know that I... Hey, I Nico found- Moon, I'm Niagara Moon. 
I'm your second cousin oh my once goodness. moved. Let's collaborate. Yeah. And you, you do guys the beats. Do... I'll do the lyrics. <laughs> you do have a similar vibe, certainly. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Say, yeah. Say aesthetic style. Yeah. Uh, and just if you're a fan of his, know that I value this guy and his music probably more than you do, just for very different reasons. Uh, I think we need artists <laughs> for like twisted, Nico. perverse. It's twisted. Sardonic reasons. Yep. I need to look at him and listen to his work to show me like where the line is, you know, to fuel like when, your anger or even just artistically, when does the mono genre become a problem? Like when does yeah, incorporating yeah. multiple genres together become, uh, when are you just extracting superficial elements of other genres and you're missing sort of the depth? Uh, can you be too relentless in trying to communicate yeah. an emotion through, through songwriting? What makes for a relatable lyric? And then also on, on the other side of this based on his rising popularity through the pandemic through the through the summer of george floyd this this was rising you know what is our country trying to tell itself like what are we wishing our reality oh was right now you know what i mean i think this guy might be playing the short-term game more than the long-term game you know just mm-hmm. in, a, in a pinch people want this is this is it's like a long form jingle writer like like you're saying about the banality and the shallowness like it has one goal it's very just face value surface level and uh you know a lot of people were freaking the fuck out the last couple of years and if this kind of releases the the pressure mm-hmm. you know twists the valve a little bit so be it but it's certainly you know I'd be very curious to see what this guy's going to be up to 10 years from now mm. Well, you could say that about a lot of artists. I hope that he's still making music because I'll still be listening. No oh boy, um, we got a lifelong fan here, folks. I really am. I really am. You know, I, I could I consume a lot of his content, and I do it in a way that is uh, is it's weird. It's it's my my fascination with this artist is weird. Uh, <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Did I make my argument well? Does does do you think this song has value? Like, is is it is this a track that's worth like? investing in and investigating um my take is so this this good time video by the way good time an awesome movie uh by the safety <laughs> brothers with robert pattinson and i hate that now there's two good times out there yeah um very different very different that's not such a good time that movie but uh you know this it has 40 million 47 million views mm-hmm a lot of people are saying they love this song. Top yes. comment, this was my daddy's last favorite song before he passed yes. away suddenly Tuesday. I hope you enjo- enjoy that apple pie shine, R.I.P. Pops. So are we going to rain on that guy's parade? I don't think so. But I, uh, the idea of like sitting in this as someone who otherwise, like this is obviously not your taste. Do you love Leonard Cohen and Randy Newman? And you know we've talked about some of the guys who we're really into. This is obviously... This is a different bag. This is modern commercial country. If you're someone who knows that you're not into that kind of music, uh, I think it's a little weird to dwell on this guy, but uh, that that's just me. But it doesn't it doesn't upset you that this was out when it was out. Like, is it not the equivalent of musical blinders? I'm too I'm too worn down and cynical. I, I would expect nothing less in in. 2020s america oh man unfortunately yeah i mean you know we, we talk about it and it's also not just to go back to it's not that he everybody has to be writing about specific issues or whatever like we were talking about right, kate bush right. we were talking about kate bush the other week like how much yeah, do we yeah. both love her work you know she's often talking about things that are like very far out and yet there's Complex, still yeah. depth there that you can connect with you know, but having it's said a vibe that, overall, isn't it? Beyond the words, beyond the look, it's some. The, that's the great thing about music is so many elements come together to just put you in a certain mood or bring you into a certain world. And this guy's world is. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel the dark side quickly. And you just flagged something that I, I made a note of that I forgot to bring up. Like, if you look at his comments, like the people who really dig his stuff, you look at his YouTube and Insta comments. Like, they're really emotional. Um, yeah, like it's, it's a lot of stuff with like, you know, he's really reaching people's hearts 
which is not what you, I mean, you hear that song, right? Forget about that. I brought this in to discuss with you today. Like if you just heard that. You'd be like, Oh, this is like that. Turn that off, song. Turn uh, off. It's like, uh, you know, the sh- shot shot song or whatever. Like, it's just really yeah, like yeah. the vacuous thing. You'd be like, who, who would connect to this in that way? But clearly it's doing that. So that's a whole element of the human experience that I am just not plugged into. Like I'm not, I'm not a part mm-hmm. of it. And it makes me want to dwell on it and figure out like, well, what is it that right. I am missing here? This is, yeah, it's some form of escapism for you. You get to imagine yourself more carefree. Maybe you're p- more part of rural America, different kind of lifestyle, cultural views. Um, I, I don't need that. I, I don't need to take that exercise myself, but if that's what it's doing for you. It, it's, you know. it's more of a, like, what is it? I don't think it's a rural thing. I mean, I listen to Hank Williams if I want to pretend like, you know, whatever. Like, that's, this Hank is Williams, not but that. that that's an artist from a hundred years ago. We, I'm talking current day. What is, what's going on out there in the good old USA? I think this speaks more to that than anything from the 20th century. But Right. Yeah. I feel like you're not getting why this is amazing. I'm missing it. Yeah, yeah. something is... is I, but think I, I think other people I think the listeners out there... have heard me fail today in trying to convince you that this is something worth investigating. I'll say, <laughs> if you have never heard of this guy and you're listening to this podcast, check it out. See what you think. If it, if it reaches you in a certain way, whether you were like, oh, I hate this, or it's making me think of, of relatives who have passed. Like, if it's doing something that extreme for you, then Why? You know, write, write it, send us mail because we have the physical address. You, you right? want a response to this. You you want folks to reach out and, and I want share to know. if this is having an effect on them. Yeah. I would start, if I was like a Redditor, I would start a Reddit page where we could talk about Nico Moon and how people feel about him. You, you know, you talking like this is kind of making me think of, say, uh, somebody who, you know, the stereotype about them would be they're very smart and they have a very fancy job and they have good manners, blah, blah, blah. But really, like every night, they want to watch like three hours of trashy reality TV, and this seems like a kind of similar yes. phenomenon going on here. That is a hundred percent correct. Yeah, and I, I do. That's very right. And I and I find this is turning into like a therapy session. I find <laughs> that I listen to him the most, or watch his videos the most, or go back to them after a day of like really doing cerebral stuff. Um, so I guess maybe part of me is trying to get to that place of like, let me veg out and get something from music like this, and yet I can't. Uh, and then it just makes me angry about whatever it is that he's, you know, whatever party he's talking about. But anyway, I have not convinced you today. I think we can no. call that, I think I'll take that L, and, and okay. we'll move forward from there. Fair enough. I, you might have, uh, you know, your words and sentiment might have reached uh, listeners out there. but One can only hope. You keep forgetting, man, I'm, I have weird tastes and strange perspectives and mm. uh you shouldn't just take me as the only litmus test okay that's fair but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you about some music now we're we're okay. switching over to my portion here and uh i think it's probably safe to say you're gonna i think you might tepidly moderately agree with me I don't think that's going to be hard to accomplish, but I, I want you psyched at the end of this. If I, I want you really excited and, uh, and feel like you've had your, your eyes opened. So anything less of that, I'll, I'll consider that a bit of a, bit of a loss. So Whoa. with that in mind, okay. uh, we're going to dive in here. I'm, I'm going to play you an artist today that I'm pretty sure you've never heard of, or you've at least not heard their music. I'm pretty sure everybody listening has not heard this artist's music, but before we get into that uh i want to talk about steely dan a little bit oh boy (laughs) um i will say off the top uh i have probably spent a lot of time in my life enjoying the music of the band steely dan and uh matt how how do you feel about steely dan um i like certain steely dan songs like reeling in the years or uh, dirty work you know i like the ones that uh, everybody like my old school you know i think when they get into like you know, Peg or something like Aja, Gaucho. Like I really have trouble listening to that. I do like the behind the music though, when they're talking about mm-hmm. making those records and it's just like, uh, it's fun to watch how like, um, you know, obsessive they are that I do admire that. Do you know Kid Charlemagne? I do. Yeah. That's a good song. Yeah. So what, so you seem kind of mixed. What, what do you, uh, what do you really, well, let's start with what do you really like about Steely Dan? Uh, 
I think they really were great at cherry picking artists to play their songs. You know, I think as they're they're good at arranging, kind of like you know obsessively building something in the studio and then um, you know tr- tr- trying to get something so well rehearsed and then breaking it down at the same time. Like they, it seemed like they were really good at, at getting good takes out of great musicians they picked. So that translates into what are we talking? Good grooves, good melodies, chord progressions. Sure, harmonies. I think when they got to and we get to like again like Aja uh gaucho like those those records it starts to get like so anal that it's like difficult to listen to okay but your the earlier stuff you know you mentioned song like dirty work uh you know something fun to sing along to Mm -hmm. uh musically they kind of sit in a unique spot right because of all the jazz influence in their music bit jazzy yeah yeah or what i would consider jazz but they're not fusion either. They're this this weird thing where it's not just straight ahead rock a lot of the time. It's not just jazz. And it's not really jazz fusion. It's it's this whole other they just sit in this very unique place, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. You got very, very carefully well crafted uh songwriting and, you know, all these really well performed different musical parts that come in. You get a lot of just like effortless musicality catchy melodies a lot of the time but like never super cliche or predictable like they really mix uh kind of more complicated or edgy like harmonic ideas which is still hooks like they they meet in the middle pretty well there what do you uh not like so much about steely dan besides the sanitization you know of those later years? yeah i mean when it gets like when it's so it's a little plasticky like when it you know what it sounds Which like. Which is my favorite shit. I love Gaucho personally, but I get why that would just sounds like very like there were a lot of cooks and it's like very, very like the meat is well done. <laughs> um what do you think of the lyrics? Uh can be really annoying. Can be really oh, annoying. Okay. So that all right, so we'll get into that in a second. Um yeah, the lyric that's kind of the thing. I feel like when a lot of people are just totally steely and fanboys and like they can do no wrong and they want to hear all these songs lyrics are pretty important for you they're pretty important Mm -hmm. for me if lyrics are pretty important for you i feel the steely dan thing you know maybe gets a little old after a while because it's it's a lot of the same topics especially when you get later in the career Mm -hmm. it's some variation on talking about scumbags or losers or like drug addicts perverts um they, they like seem more and more dedicated to just describing kind of you know just debauchery or dysfunctional characters from like a detached point of view you know i don't i don't get the point of that after a while like i i think steely dan is excellent driving music just again the grooves the harmonies the attitude but it's it's like a little too much of the the callousness yeah i i there there is that's a great way of looking at it like when they like the, let's say looking at Reeling in the Years or, or My Old School, like those songs are great in the way that like like a Rolling Stone is great, where there's just like a nastiness to it. <laughs> so like that's when they that's the emotion that they can do really well. But I think outside of that, I don't get this this sense of, of an authentic emotion coming from mm. some of the music, and that it's almost almost like when they're being pricks. Like that's when mm. I like it the most because I think they're they convey that well. But like <laughs> it comes know, from pe- a real place. Yeah, like the song Peg. I know I keep coming back to that song. I just really yeah. have a tough time with that one because it's just like, what is it? What am I supposed to be feeling when I uh, hear that tune? Yeah, Peg. Peg isn't one of my favorites, but I do love that Michael McDonald, sweet oh, sweet harmony there. Wow, I hate that. Well, you got a problem with Mikey McD here? I yes. All right, we'll we'll table that. This is this is okay. a whole other discussion. Um, but Spy phone camera. <laughs> I uh sorry. Right. It sounds like I like Steely Dan a little bit more than you. I I've play, I spent a lot of time listening to them especially when I'm I'm in the car. It's just great slick driving music, but you know, I'm I'm hesitant to think of myself as a true fan because you know, Talking Heads, David Byrne, the whole trip he's on. I love it. I want to like be a part of it. I love I like the idea of having it as like part of my identity that I'm really into what he's doing. The Steely Dan guys, it's a little like yeah, a little callous, a little detached. Um, all right. 
so I'm not playing Steely Dan today. I just wanted to uh, discuss it with you a little bit, get your thoughts and feelings, share my thoughts and feelings. It seems you're a little less uh, enthusiastic about them than I expected, but I think my point might, the, the real point I'm trying to make today, I think it might still hold water. I will say, I think a lot of people from our generation think that like there's, there's a, a love of the band that comes from like an ironic place of like, yeah, oh, we know the yacht that this, rock thing. yeah, that these guys are, they're overproduced as shit and the music is at times emotionally hollow and like, you know, we can sort of um, dig into that as an aesthetic. Uh, and then that whole like uh, 80s craze of like musicians making music that sounds as anesthetized as possible uh, that that partially came out of that kind of uh, aesthetic. Hmm. Maybe you got a lot, a lot of other groups in that era doing similar things. So, so I, I don't know where I stand on that argument, but basically I was hoping you'd be a little bit more into the Dan, it just in terms of uh, winning you over with the point I'm going to make in a second. But it sounds like you do appreciate some of their qualities. If you had your your druthers, you'd change other bits about them. But you're you're open to what they're doing. You like their just tight musicianship, you know, jazz influence songwriting, yada yada yada. So what I wanted to show you today was this is a more contemporary band, and uh, in my case, you know, I've heard all the Steely Dan albums from that first classic run up until Gaucho. And I find myself wanting more. You know, it's it's they're sitting in a certain place, they're scratching a certain itch that I can't I can't quite scratch with any other bands from that era. Just either they fall too much into the vapid, overproduced yacht rock thing, or they're they're just a different flavor. There's there's nothing quite like them except when I lived in Japan for a few years uh, in my youth. Uh, my old roommate Shunsuke introduced me to a band called Kirinji. That and that—that's who I want to play for you today. Oh, that, I'm and, excited about that. Yeah. So I, I think Kirinji. In your case, I feel like this gives you Steely Dan music without any of the things you don't like about Steely Dan. And okay. if you're listening to this and a uh, more enthusiastic fan, I think uh, this is your next go-to artist. These guys are going to scratch your itch in the same way that the Dan can. This sounds painful, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm very excited to talk to you about Kirinji. And uh, I think just to start, I'm going to show you a song of theirs that, uh, while not the most Steely Dan sounding song, it still very much has their mark and it's one of my favorites of the band. So I want to play you a little bit of that first. This is called Murasaki Sunset, which means purple sunset. Piano there. Lyrics are coming in a sec. Weird chord there. Coming up on the chorus soon. It has a real jam band kind of vibe too. Yeah, drums are flying all over the place. It's way tighter than a jam band though. Right. Here's a money shot coming up. I love that part. All right, so showed you a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's from the 2001 album, Fine. 
these guys have been at it since 1998. They are the brothers Takaki and Yasuki Horigome. So you're going to remember those names, I hope. Of course, yes. Yeah, um, from Saitama. Uh, they formed in 1996. First record, 1998. They're still making albums to this day, you know, almost 25 years later. Uh, they are all good. Over 15 albums, some EPs, hundreds of songs. Uh, I think all of them are good. And, are they Are uh, they popular? They have an audience. That, I mean, they've been able to release music for that long and, and keep it going. And like they're I forget what label they're on now, but they've bounced around a little bit between some majors, and uh, they they have a following. They're they're not huge, but they've they've had a successful run at it so far. I know in the early days, um, the brother Takaki uh, composed score music for video games for the Namco company. So you get a, in some songs, you get a little bit of that like Nintendo e like video game music flavor, which it's a plus for me, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're just like super prolific and, uh, you go a little further on in their career. Like by the time you get to like the 2010s, uh, the other brother Yasuyuki left the group in 2013. They kind of branch out stylistically a little bit more. Sometimes they have like rappers for a song or two, a little more electronic flavor, but they, they haven't left the, like the jazz wheelhouse thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They still, that's a big part. You know, the, every song's going to have a lot of chords and just kind of flow in a kind of cool, unique way. So if you're, if you liked what you heard of that and uh, you don't mind not being able to understand the lyrics. I do not, yeah. I give you Kirinji. They got just album after album of, of like Steely Dan-esque, just tightly written, performed, cool, jazzy, complicated, catchy, just jams. It is, a, it is. Uh, so, do you want my, do you want my my thoughts? Yeah, I'll hear your personal opinion. What do we got? <laughs> so, I it's very tight. It's very tight. I mean, what I what I heard, um, and I, I did like how it was recorded. Like it's um, like there was something. I wouldn't say it was like gritty, but it was it was definitely less shiny than less, what I was expecting. It didn't cost on, ten million dollars to produce or whatever. It's right. Yeah, I could hear it. It's professional, but it's not overwrought. Yeah, I can, yeah, right, exactly. It didn't sound overwrought. I could hear like the instruments being played, if that makes any sense. Um, and you're gonna kill me with this next. Yeah, I'm expecting note. a butt coming up. Um, I mean, it's definitely not for me. Uh, I think that <laughs> it's that's uh, I'm not, and I and I said I talked about it in the terms of like a jam band or something like that because that's sort of what I would lump that sound in with and i think that shows that it's not for me because i'm like oh it sort of sounds like fish to me oh fuck you (laughs) yeah so that's that's my that's my note this next song i got one more song to show you you will definitely not get the jam band vibe i'm glad i prepped two today and i also to any fish fans like i just i don't um that music that music is not for me either and i but i understand that it's not for me like I get, I understand the appeal of it. Just like I understand yeah. the appeal of this. Like I think if I was in the right place, if I was in like the right point in my life, like I know that it could get me, but. You're closed for business now, are not you? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to, do you hang out on Fish's Instagram? Not often. No. Okay. They, no, because they, they don't infuriate me. It's not the same kind of, like I get it. Ah, like I understand they don't get a rise out of you in the same There's way. nothing to investigate there. Like I, I know what the appeal is. It just doesn't necessarily appeal to me. Though I like a couple of their songs. In the same way that I'm sure if I listened to these guys, like there'd be songs that I would like. All right, all right. Well, you're, uh, I'm losing steam quick, but I got one more song to show you. And I think you'll definitely hear a lot more Steely Danness in this one versus Jam Band Energy. Maybe okay. you'll like it a little bit more. Um, this is from their 2003 album, For Beautiful Human Life. Uh, and the song is, uh, if you were to translate it, it just means downtown is the title. Okay. But uh, we'll listen to a bit of that one whenever you're ready here. Yes, ready. Sitar going there. I like this better already than the last song. Yeah, yeah. Little organ. 
Brooklyn holds the charmer. I do hear, I hear the Steely Dan more on this one in the brass. We're starting a little minor here. Where are we going now? You can imagine Donald Fagan doing his thing over this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, these, oh, these are Fagan core changes. That one especially. Mm-hmm. Alright, coming up on the course. Come on, this could be on Pretzel Logic. You, th this is very close to that sound. Sounds like it made my point a little more effectively. Let's go around. I think so. I think with that tune, I think because there was less like faux funk in that one. Faux funk. Like that, you know. Uh, How dare you, sir? I mean, I don't know. That, funk that was is just funk. The... You can't fake funk. No. You can try. But uh, it did not elicit the feeling that I think it was meant to elicit in me, that first one. And All again, right. I know that tune is not for me. It's not for my yeah, yeah, ears. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the spiel. This one I do like more, though I can't say I love it. Uh, but I do, I, I get it. Uh, the production is really nice, and the horn arrangement is really good. Yeah, it's it's good shit. And uh, again, they got 15 albums. I think they're all good. Some of them are more Dan sounding than others, but it's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. Like if you seek this out, again, the band's called Kirinji. It's out there, easy access. I really dig it, and I wanted. If we do this podcast long enough, you're going to be hearing a lot of Japanese stuff from me. That's that's a lot of what's on my iTunes. That excites me. I'm excited. I'm more excited to hear that than uh, what was that uh, album we played the other week? Uh, uh, Love Island. That, oh, the be Love man. Beach. Love Beach. I would exclusively listen to these guys over any other ELP. That's for, that's a hundred percent for sure. Yeah, you'd listen to Nico Moon over any ELP. I'd listen to Nico Moon over a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I gotta say, for the record, you know, I. Mixed feelings, but mostly positive towards Steely Dan. But say if, if I had to choose them or Kirinji, I could only listen to one or the other for the rest of my life. Whoa. I might pick Kirinji. There's, wow. there's just more of it. There are more songs. Oh, you, you said, I was going to say why? Because it's a quantity it, thing? It's a quantity thing a little bit. And then the, you don't have the ickiness and the stickiness and the, just the, the gross, sleazy you know, qualities. of. <laughs> I, I'm not, I wouldn't miss that. I don't, I don't need that. I'm, I'm Do you know that. what their lyrics are about? Like certain songs or oh, yeah. generally oh, yeah. what they talk about? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's coded. But like if you start following it and you can, uh, you know, go on genius.com, you see an explanation or two. It's well written. Like uh, Glamour Profession, every line of that is, it's it's beatnik poetry. Like it's it's a very Whoa. interesting way to depict a very specific situation. I see the whole thing. But it's just talking about fucking dealing cocaine and being mm. a blockhead. So... You know, they put all this effort in, and then the story is just, oh yeah, people are pieces of shit, can't trust anybody. Like, so you don't you don't have that asterisk there with Kirinji, yeah. but at the same time, you gotta you gotta speak a little Japanese if you want to start listening to the lyrics. But personally, that doesn't bother me. There's a whole piece of it that I'm that I'm missing out on. But yeah, yeah it it's their vibe as far as I can make out. I di I didn't bother trying to translate the lyrics today because that's something I used to charge for. That's work. I'm not. Not doing no free work on this podcast. People used to pay you to, to translate the lyrics? Not lyrics, but... Uh, well, I did translate some lyrics for a class project long oh, ago. But nice. I tra I've translated many. An instruction, instruction manual. Mm. Uh, a guy's speech, uh, ironically, about getting better at English. I <laughs> translated that from Japanese to English. 
I've, I've done it all. Well, I haven't done it all. I've done some, but uh, lyrics, it's when I can pick a little bits and pieces here and there. I can, their, their, their vibe is just two kind of dorky, unassuming, kind of just reserved guys. I think they, you know, they get their, their digs in here and there, but it's, 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 it's a more mild-mannered vibe overall than you get with, uh, you know, singing about LSD dealers getting busted by the cops or whatever. Oh, sure. And we are going to be fully transcribing this podcast in multiple languages, right? Well, it's only fair. Like fully. Uh, and I would leave that yeah. to you just, you know, because I think. Yeah, I'll you're... pencil that in for uh, 5 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, I think I can make that work. That sounds good. I feel like we, for the most part, have failed today. In yeah. Communicating this, this our was... arguments to one another. But that might be <laughs> I'm more glad we both than, did. <laughs> yeah, it would just be me swinging and striking out. Well, yeah, so I don't, I, I, I maybe 20% won you over with, uh, with what oh, I was trying yeah, out today. Yeah, no, I get, I get that. I get it. Yeah. And I learned about your bizarre kind of masochistic fascination with. It is masochistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm poking the hornet's nest. Well, what the hell did we learn today, huh? I don't know. I, I think that for me, that, um, what I would like to communicate is like sometimes you got to follow that weird trail of something you really hate. And I think that there is something there worth exploring. You learn about yourself or what's bothering you, what you're thinking about by doing that. And, and then when we're talking about the value of music or of individual songs, is that not value? Like that's pretty valuable to me. So to the Nico Moon fans there that are angry at me, like I see the value. It's a very diplomatic way to put that. <laughs> well, I hope you had a good time listening to our episode today. And if you did, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, a like, whatever. Tip the algorithms in our favor. Uh, we really appreciate it. See you next time.